Broadcasting from Essex. It is the 18th of January 2021 and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently 35,854 US dollars. I'm your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair mum, Joe Mehmet. How you doing, Joe? Pretty good, man. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty awesome this week. Things are definitely looking up. I feel that there's some change in the air. Well, I've got to say, I've just got to sort of say uh, my condolences to my wife who lost her father over the weekend. So it's a bit, bit sort of sad, sad day in our lives, but, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I um, reiterate those sentiments. Uh, lots of love to you, Rex. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Obviously, speaking as someone that's lost my mum and dad like many years ago, it it doesn't get easy. Uh, it doesn't get you know it doesn't get any easier. But you know, time is the best healer and all that. Right? It, it, exactly. Um, so just like me, we we're, we're both orphans, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose we are. Yeah, I suppose that is one um, common thread running through this whole thing. Anyway, we've got nobody to. Um, well, embarrassed, I suppose. Well, I maybe, mean, maybe, maybe that gives you a bit of freedom, it right? Does. The fact uh, that your mum and dad can't look at you and go, "You've embarrassed the family, Aaron again." Sorry. <laughs> well, like, like um, you know, like the, I was told, right? You know, one son. You know, you you become that's the day you become a man. You know, one son. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's go to yes. more positive things. Yes, totally. I got some feedback from the last show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this feedback was from Brian Bedonde. He really loved the chat we had last time about effing the vat. Um, and he found it um, quite insightful. He had no idea um, that the vat regulations were obviously... Um, they were taken care of by the EU. And now we've left the EU. Our British government can now basically cut that for our industry if they feel so inclined so that's a positive cheers for that comment brian yeah i think there was a there's a lot of misunderstanding on the the vat was it there prior to um, brexit and yeah uh, across well the whole nation I, I, I think in certain sectors people just didn't even understand why they had to pay VAT. I mean, I, as a as a hairdresser myself, I never understood why. As a self-employed hairdresser, I never understood why. But the catalyst was the pandemic, yeah. weren't yeah. it? And and the fact that the government turned around and went, okay, restaurants, um, you can, we'll cut your VAT from twenty percent to five percent. Well, um, and then obviously every industry is like, well, what about us? And everyone stuck their hand up, didn't they? And went, mm. and the government's response, obviously, as we found out during the last show, was simply. Well, you know, what more do you want, hairdressers? We've given you a couple of quid. What more do you want? But the government so has is... been very active in the last couple of weeks, right? Because we are in a new sector. Yes. Well, mm, yeah. Well, this is, a, this is a bone of contention. I know that they certainly removed tax from tampons. Uh, they've removed VAT from tampons on January the 1st. So if this is an indication, but that's on of, the personal hygiene uh, sector, uh, sort of like um, product. Yeah, no, it? but no, but my point is the fact that the government are slowly removing things and being in control of VAT laws, because obviously, if that was about, I mean, I didn't know that was a a big issue for people, but clearly, having a VAT on tampons 
is probably an issue for you know half of our population, right? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's going to make that access to that cheaper. So if January the first that came into came into force, then surely we should, as a community, be doing something to highlight the issues of VAT on our sector. Well, well, I think the the, the sort of difference between tampon and haircut right, is very very. <laughs> Vast, don't you think? You know? Well, one's a product. One's a physical product. Yeah, isn't and, it? and they and they gave and they give away tampons free at school, I believe, to to schoolgirls. Am I, yeah, am I listen, wrong don't, don't go. Well, I don't care, and I don't know about that. Yeah. But don't go too far into the tampon thing. I'm just pointing out, making the distinction that on January the first, VAT changed on certain products, so our government now can do things to yeah. change things. Yes, because we're not ruled by the EU. Right. That's right. That's right. That's all. That's the point I'm trying to make. Don't, and don't and and, and, and do you think they will change? It? <laughs> Otherwise, this is the tampon episode. Yeah, I'm We're going to get cancelled now. You can't. You can't say tampons. That's probably. Can you not? That's probably no. Well, who knows? Probably not. Not by the end of this show. It's like it's like the Democrats' um, new legislation. They said to words they can't say. Is that and there? Mm. Really? Yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, going back to the uh, to new to new sector we're in now, we're we're part of the business, the B E I S. Um. All right. So, do you want to explain what that is to well, the listeners? Well, uh, this is it. This is what I don't really understand, Rob. All of a sudden, right? We we're going into this whole personal care sector, which is under the umbrella of the the business, energy, and industrial industrial strategy sec, uh, section of the the government, right? Sounds a bit like word soup to me, but yeah, carry on. Well, I was looking at their role. The government's plans, right, in this sector is for clean energy, mm. clean um, green jobs, and to mm. build a better, greener future. Right. Right. Okay. So, where does hairdressing come into this sector? Um. Yeah. Good question. Does that mean all salons will have to have solar panels on the roof? <laughs> all salons have to have wind turbines uh, on the chimney breast? Does that mean all salons will have to have you know energy efficient bulbs and all? Do you know what I mean? Well, it's like it. It's... it just seems like okay, we're now going into the sustainability sector, and the people that are saying this is great news for our industry, kind of have just given us another whole set of rules and regulations that you know yeah. already that salons have to abide by they're giving them another load of rules right, okay um, is, that, to live by. Is, that, is that right i mean am i would i be correct in thinking that that's what it sounds like to well me? that's what it's that's what it reads like okay now yeah. I, i'm trying to understand how this is good news um, for the for the um, the National Hairdressers Federation, the Hairdressing Council, or to sort of be celebrating this um, change in sector. I, yeah. I I do agree that we should never have been in the retail sector, but that's always been my point anyway. We talked about that. Yeah. But to get into this sort of like to the under the umbrella of the uh, the business and um, energy and all this sort of sector, I just don't understand it because the sellers of the future would would have to be no water. Mm. Um, clean, clean, cleaner energy, which we don't use gas anyway, so we, we use electricity, so there's always going to be that 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 there. I suppose it has to be um, wild, cordless hair dryers. 
Yeah, uh, what health and safety you mean? Check right, out the wires. Hundred percent, and also yeah. shampoos which don't need sham- um, didn't need water because there's those new sham- those capsules, right? Isn't there? Sort of like shampoos which cleans the hair without water. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's yeah, they're kind of like foam. foam exactly. Sprays, so they? all this has all this will have to probably come into to future hairdressing. Yeah. Thus, the hairdressing has to change its old training um, ethos mm. too. I would mm. think, really. So, I don't understand why they're celebrating this uh, this move. From I think it would be better if they stayed in the retail sector. Yeah, and and they fight their cause to get into the the health and well being sector rather than accept this um, this. Well, new can sector. I read the whole statement for yeah. anyone that hasn't hasn't heard it? Yeah, um, go on. Uh, Hair and Barber Council broke this news. Um, on January the 13th. Yeah, And that's right. it says, Great news from BEIS. I hate acronyms, um, but anyway. As of 12th of January, the BEIS, the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, have decided to move responsibility for the personal care sector in which hairdressing, barbering and beauty sits into a separate BEIS sector team going forward. This will put our sector on an equal footing to the other sectors that BEIS looks after. The safer working team has always been a temporary home and whilst they continue to be responsible for the safer working guidance during the pandemic, this move will ensure a more sustainable future for our industry in terms of support from the government. This can be viewed as a major step forward in our work with the government with our industry being looked after specifically and our needs and concerns more able to be highlighted to people in the department that has responsibility to work and engage with our sector. Let me just caveat that last paragraph as that is conjecture from the Hair and Barber Council who deem this to be great news. That's not my opinion. Yeah, that's right. Um, And yes, so basically reading into what that statement says to me, it says support from our government during a pandemic. Right, okay, so pandemics happen once every hundred years, um, and, you know, this is great news. So if we have another pandemic in the next 20, 30 years, we'll get some more support from the government. So I suppose that is good news, right? But uh, uh, are the hairdressers not getting support already? Are not the salon owners getting support already? Of course they are, Joe. <laughs> of course <laughs> right. they are. So, yeah. so what they say... Uh, is the government is the the professional body got to get support is that what is that what they're saying is i don't like, like i say i don't know it's it, uh, uh, and you know what is 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 interesting about this is there's 156 comments and 82 shares on the facebook um posting of this yeah. where everyone all hairdressers are like um yeah this is confusing i'm going to read a few now um HBC have failed to save our industry. It's too late now. It's a mess. Not a clue what this means. Can anyone explain? Uh, any ideas what this means? I mean, basically, 156 qu- questions to the Hair and Barber Council uh, to ask them, please, let's know what this means. And, and uh, not a single response from the Hair and Barber Council. There was, there was one, actually. One. There, I was, there was one that I saw read. I forgot her name, right? But she sort of said, are, are these... Are these people who've got any hairdressing background? You know, so obviously she's referring to the BEIS uh, sector, right? I've yes. not got any hair and beauty background experiences. Yeah. 
No, they haven't. If you yeah. actually sort of look at the ministers involved, right, they're not. All right. Uh, but what I find really interesting about this uh, whole thing is also, right, is that I actually believed the it was more the beauty and the UK spa. They were much more proactive than the uh, the hair and hair. You mean the British Beauty Council? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got we got to name check them correctly. So what have the British Beauty Council said? Have they, are they on Facebook, Joe? I don't know, but I, but I saw like reading the, um, the, the, the quotes from them, right? Um, mm. Sort of, was it uh, Millie Kendall? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go on their Facebook now and see if there's any more light shed on this. But yeah, yeah, carry on, crack on. Because uh, obviously they they wanted recognition more, didn't they? So I, I think they were much more proactive in, in getting this um, mm. this recognition mm. than, than the hair and beauty. I think the hair and beauty just probably just jumped on their bandwagon of being part of the affiliated uh, uh, sort of grouping. So that though they. they we can celebrate. Well, I, let's define what it is. I mean, you I, know, I, I, does, seems... I, I as a hairdresser, I don't see what there's, what there's to celebrate about. The... Right. Well, I found something on the Brit. Oh, sorry. Go on, carry on. No, no, no. Please do. Go ahead. All oh, right. I was just. I've just found something on the British Beauty Council, dated fourteenth of January. Uh, this is on their Facebook page. Uh, they're celebrating as well. By the way, we exist. They say government representation for the beauty industry beauty industry has finally been achieved. After a steadfast strategic campaign, the British Beauty Council uh, and BABTAC and National Hairdressers Federation have this week been granted a newly formed sector-specific team within government dedicating to supporting personal care, right? In a game-changing move... Listen to the language, do you know what I mean? In a game-changing move forward... The creation of a dedicated sector is a major milestone for UK hair, beauty and wellness with far-reaching positive implications, raising awareness outside this industry, allowing government to improve its understanding of this dynamic and economically valuable and highly innovative sector and paving the way for future financial support. Again? So, again, <laughs> it's support. They, Congratulations, they, 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 everyone. They, they, they we money. can all go to the government with our begging bowls they, and they, ask them for money exactly. while they tax us out of out of existence at the same time. Brilliant. Well done, everyone. Hurrah. Hang on. Let me find my trumpet. Trumpet. Yeah, but I you, mean, but come you know on. What, you know what they're ultimate... They're celebrating... What are they celebrating? Oh, my God, that is amazing! <laughs> I mean, what, tell me, Joe, what are they celebrating? We've been putting one quango, or taken from one quango to another quango, so that all these representatives of our industry can oh. sit around the table and chat together and drink coffee and okay. tea and dip their biscuits okay let's 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 imagine the scene right here we are me and you were talking right let's organ- yeah. let's form an organization let's let's do a a, a government a body and you're okay. going to say right abolish all bodies right organization and, that's what it's called it's the abolish uh, all bodies right yeah. and because no so like I say what would be our ultimate goal What's, we, we have to have a goal right so yeah so we my goal would be to remove admin 
to remove unnecessary actors from the space that pretend they represent us and yet don't do anything to represent us. Right, now, okay, let's go to the British Spiritual Council, the um, NHSBC, the BHAB, all these sort of like organisations, right? Yeah. What is their ultimate goal? To get the industry state registered. Yes. That's all it's about, Aaron, right? And that's what they actually celebrating they're mm. one step nearer to nearer to getting yeah. like like registration exactly. basically pay them to go on a register exactly, exactly. every year that's so tell me what's different so i mean how will that improve the industry well well it will, it will protect them right protect because who the, the people part and let's say the, the ones which are state registered the ones which mm. are all companion for it will protect them Right, okay. So essentially um, secure their position exactly. as exactly. You know, benefactors to more government legislation. I mean, let, let's put it in a nutshell, right? All these people in, involved in this um, bo professional bodies, right? They're not mm. getting younger. Yeah. Right? They've all got a role to play. But at the same time, if they were to leave their roles, what would they be doing in the future? Nothing. Mm. They've, got, they've got no skin yeah. in the game. I mean, we've got no skin in the game. Okay, so but we we saw sort of, we, we did okay for ourselves, so we can actually sort of sit back and, and look at look at the industry with a very different eye. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point of this podcast. It is to be uh, objective yes. about you know these these so called industry bodies that claim to. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Joe, I, I still I still think of myself as a hairdresser, even though we're not working at the moment. I'm always going to be a hairdresser. That's right. That's that's my default position. That's now. right. I've been in this career for 20 plus years. I mean, I, As a hairdresser, I want to earn more money and not work as many hours. They are the two things, while I'm hairdressing, get rewarded and, you know, have spent more time and, with my but, family. But in, our, in, but in our industry, that, how are you going to make more money? By more clients. Yeah, no, I know, but I don't want to go on a deep dive of no. how to make more money. I want to go on a deep dive of why these industry bureaucrats seem to think that recognition's what we want. We don't want recognition. No. We want to earn more money no. and we want to spend more time with our families. Well, I don't think it's keeping on earning more money. It's, it's keeping more of what you earn. Of what we earn, exactly. Sorry, yeah, that's uh, right. well said. Well said. I want to keep more of what I earn because obviously remember that blog I wrote about you know charging £60 for a haircut yeah. the government were earning more per haircut than I was That's exactly and exactly. how is that fair I don't work for the government I work for me and the exactly. government can tax me on you know once I've got my, my piece that I'm allowed to keep to survive uh, can to you remember. imagine right you're going to join this sort of like um, council as well you're going to pay what 250 quid 300 quid it is a year so again it, <laughs> It's like yeah. another source. It's, more, it's another expense. Yeah. It's a more bureaucracy. Exactly. It's more administration. Yeah. There are more hoops to jump through in order to attain this so-called licensing that's going to make our industry stronger. What? Yeah, I mean, should we call them all out, Joe? I mean, you sent me a great uh, picture of all these supposed industry supporters. Right, so VTCT, the professional hairdresser, IHAA. Habia, City and Guilds, MH Fed, British Master Barbers, Barber Evo, British Barbers Association, Good Salon Guide, Hairdressers Journal International, L'Oreal Professional, Weller GB, KO Salon Division, 
Aston and Fincher, Trico Care, and the Federation of Now Pro Professionals. Now, what have all those organisations well, got in common, Joe? I could say so many things, but my language would be so like, uh, you put it more, put it more mildly. Okay. All right. So they are industry supporters. So right. they're all people that yes. take pride in supporting the hairdressers and barbers and, you know, yeah. makeup artists in it. You know what else all those organisations have in common, Joe? What's that? You all have to pay to be involved oh, with all right. that. Right. <laughs> it's funny, that, isn't it? Yeah. But can I, ask, can I ask a question? Why would you need one, two, three, three barbering councils to do one yeah. job? Why would you need one, two, well, hairdressers journal and the um, uh, professional hairdressers different? You, you know, and yeah. then you've got the, um, the product companies. Yeah, let me just make it clear. Those those names that I've just read out are supporters of the Hair and Barber Council. Yeah, right. Is that, that's correct, yeah? Yeah. So we've got product companies and professional bodies as well as governing bodies of the education sector. So they're all supporters of the Hair and Barber Council. I don't see a single hairdresser by name or salon in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, like I say, I'm just... This is what it says. I'm, I'm literally just reading what the thing says. That's, no, I agree. I agree. So I'm calling them all out. Hairdressers Journal International, a magazine. You know. Yeah. I mean, Once again. The Federation of Nail These are all organisations that make money out of hairdressers. So the Federation and, of Nail Professionals. I mean, it's a, well, yeah, I guess that's a beauty, you know, hair and barber counts. They're manicure, manicurists. Right? Manicurists, yeah. Okay, you know. So the, the the local manic uh, sort of nail bar down the right are they part of the federation or the federation don't want these um, beauty nail bars operating unless they're part of that group. But like I say, I, I don't know. I, like I say, I don't know. But it's it's a bit of a oxymoron that all of the supporters that the hair and barber council list, yeah, basically charge hairdressers money to be involved with. Or, you know, there's a cost or there's an expense to the salon professional to be involved with these supporters. Now, that doesn't sound like um, a supporter of a hairdresser to me, does no, it? If no. you're charging them money. That that sounds more like the, the hairdresser is supporting these organisations, right. not the other way around. It's, because it's, they're it's, the it's, ones it's, that are actually spending the money the hairdressers on keeping them alone afloat. Well, yeah. I mean, apart from the um, yeah, L'Oreal, Weller, Ko, Astavir, right? All the yeah. other groups, the what, product companies, yeah, yeah that, those ones are product companies. Right. Yeah, so all the the, the the top of the group, the group um, you mentioned, they'll be supported yeah. by the hairdressers. So they've got a lifestyle yeah. that's that's feeding them. They're yeah, the, it's funny our language. It's funny how over the last year, you know, all these organisations they like to blind everyone with language. They cannot keep anything in simple terms, can they? And and once again, this B E I S acronym bingo um, <laughs> is just another example of this. This is like no, everyone's asking, what does this mean for us? And no one's answering the questions in plain English. Just don't worry about what it means, everyone, but it's great news. Yeah. It's like great news for who? But I just understand why we're going to the business sector of, of, um, of green energy or strategy 
research, science, all that like. Because the whole ultimate game, aim right, of the business and energy sector, right, is to have a more sustainable, sustainable um, energy future, mm. right? And our hairdresser, uh, hairdresser sellers, right, mm. they can't afford to sort of run on limited water or limited energy. You know, they need, mm. they need, you know, quick, instant. Well, it's like you say. It seems that all this leads to green taxes. Yeah. And you'll you'll get a rateable. There'll be a rateable band of tax on your salon on how economical and how efficient your salon runs. It will be another test, and it'll be oh sorry, sorry sir, you can't open because exactly. you've used your required amount of CO two for the year. So in September, unless you spend. 50,000 pounds or whatever on you know sustainable energy products then I'm afraid we're going to have to close down your business or so or or if you join the um, the 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 governing body and become state registered then we can help you achieve these yeah we can give you government support oh we're piecing this together beautifully we are so yeah so that's what the support's there for exactly exactly and if and you know um if you do anything that goes against that then we will remove your license and put you in jail for cutting somebody's hair when you're not allowed to mr joe well that'd be you you'd be you'd be fired you're gonna be first (laughs) you're gonna be first in jail um, cutting hair out of you know out of your jurisdiction. Yeah, mate. I mean, maybe that's the next oh, thing. Of course it is. You know, is that so you, you'll only be allowed to cut hair in London. I'll only be allowed to cut hair in Essex. So you see, everyone that's listening, you see how this slippery slope begins. It begins by locking us all down, and then slowly giving us opportunity that we're supposed to be grateful for. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the travel's restricted. So really, we, we talked about this before, right? Yeah. Um, local businesses should be thriving, right? Mm. Because no one's traveling into town or traveling 20 yeah. miles over here, down with this and that. So all this, yeah. again, it, it's, it's the bigger picture, isn't You'll, it? Yeah, it'll be like the USA. The USA, you yeah. need a state license in yeah. every single yeah. state that you work yeah. in. Yeah. This is what they're trying to bring over here. Even though... In America, they've literally started deregulating uh, the hair licenses over there because obviously it wasn't conducive to good business um, because it prevented apprentices um, from actually touching any hair at all in the salon. And as we all know, apprentices need to handle hair in order to get good and proficient at doing their job. Um, and, And, you know, one could argue that this explains why American hairdressing isn't at the forefront of the world when it comes to... Um, technique and skill and all of that stuff so so yeah i mean i'm all for less government i will pin my colors to the mast i will die on the hill saying we need less government interference in our industry not more and the hair and barber council seem to be asking us and taking money off us in order to ask for more government interference in an industry, yeah. which, which is sustainable on its own. Which, which actually, sort of, I was thinking about all this over, over the weekend, right? Because, you know, we saw like being categorised as non-essential. Yeah. Well, let's look at the positive of that. If we're non-essential, the government don't care about us. If the government don't right. care about us, we could do whatever we want. As long yeah. as we, we operate it under health and safety, 
employment laws yeah. and things like that. We could do, virtually speaking, anything we want to do, really. Well, I mean, that, I mean, but that's that's positive for a creative industry, right? Exactly. Where you are supposed to break rules in order to innovate. Exactly, right? So, again, because I, I, we, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the lockdown, right? We, we, we actually been looking at it completely the wrong way around. Mm. As a non-essential uh, business, uh, um, industry, yeah. we could do anything we want. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of out of the grubby mitts yeah. of government overreach, aren't we? Exactly. So right. being non-essential should be celebrated. What well, positive message to, um, to end <laughs> the show on, Joe? I think so. Non-essential and proud. <laughs> yes, That's it. Yes. I'm going to start making T-shirts and selling them online now. I'm not non-essential, but... Non but I'm happy. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. Well, no, I mean, I did tweet about it last night. You know, Dancing on Ice has started a new series. Yeah. I'm really glad that Dancing on Ice is seen as an essential job um, because they've all got elaborate... Uh, makeup done they've all got elaborate hairdos um they've all all the guys all the presenters have all just had their skin fades done and all the all the girls have all had their hair professionally done yep so they can work yep. but you lot at home can't so shut up slaves there's nothing to see here don't question it because you know you'll be labeled an anti-vaxxer tinfoil hat wearing nut job yes <laughs> <laughs> like I am regularly. Yeah, is... just for asking questions. I just, all that's all I'm trying to do is just trying to point out the these logical fallacies. And uh, yeah, I get called a nut job no, for doing it. No, well, we 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 tend to come up with some um, weird. But you know what? It, it it is people. People. I think people do ask a question. Is that that you you just got a small group of people who are faceless who actually saw. We're sort of put you into a category of of, of of insanity, I think. Yeah, you know? for sure. Anyway, for sure. Anyway, shall we? Um, shall we move on to the I, next? I think so. Yeah. Hang on. Let me just press the world famous ding. Right. Next subject matter, Joe. What has got your go on LinkedIn this week? Uh, to be honest, I've, I really haven't been much on it, but I, I'll tell you what I find really annoying about LinkedIn, right? Yeah, go on, go on, I tell me. Yeah, because you know, I've been on the field, what, about six months now? Mm. And I kind of built up about, what, 300 connections from sort of that, in that sense. And I kind of find okay. people don't really engage in conversation mm. on LinkedIn, do they? You know, you could, you could post something and... You know, because you you want you want to debate. You you're looking for something. Mm. No one really responds to it. But uh, no. but if someone's looking for likes or looking for affirmation, they're looking for a reaction. You're mm. wonderful. There's hundreds of thousands of them, but not yeah. one person will engage in a conversation or a, or a topic. Yeah, it's like when L'Oreal posts something, right? They yeah. get like a thousand likes and it's always bravo. Like no one reads what L'Oreal have put. Uh, they could put, you know, we've murdered 4,000 mink in creating our latest hair product. Well, uh, yeah. And everyone would be like, bravo L'Oreal, you're, you're industry lit, you're amazing. You know, because I've, I've posted, um, it wasn't for jobs, because as you know, I've got a new concept that I want to work on at the moment, right? And I'm, oh. so, I'm, so I'm looking for industry leaders, Industry, yeah. not innovators, but top of their game, 
right. that knows about yeah. customer service. We're not having to go on to these coaching gurus or influencers. People actually know how yeah. to interpret a client, right? Not one reaction, not one reaction. And this is on LinkedIn. How many, mm. And how many people use this LinkedIn? All these professional people, supposedly, in all sectors. Yeah. I did not get one reply. Well, I did get one reply from a guy from India who's looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And I'm London-based, oh, well. you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I find it quite extraordinary. And yet LinkedIn, right, is telling me, right, to boost my um, profile more by, you know, sort of like trying their one-month um, premium, trying to engage with people, this and that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, no, why would I need to do that? If... if it, well, it's a free platform, isn't that's it? That's right. So when it's a free platform, you are the product. Yeah, you know, this is it. And, and they're using you to get engagement. I mean, maybe you've just got to tag some people in I so did. they see I'll it. Tag, maybe you've got to use a hashtag. I, did. I use a lot of hashtags, right? I used okay. to, you, go, you can go and look at my activities, right? I, I use a lot okay. of hashtags. And, um, you know, find expert, find a pro. They, all the yeah. uh, beauty, all the hairdressing, all these things, things right? And yeah. um, not one, not one person actually sort of said, oh, I'd like to know what, you, what you're doing, please. Mm. Right? And anyway, so I kind of find it very, very weird how LinkedIn works. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to Facebook, I guess, but it's... It's, it's sick mean, of it's that. Really, it's sick of that. Well, I mean, there is a lot of sick of on there, but... You know, there is, it's a, like I say, it's a business community, isn't it? So there's never really going to be controversial comment on there because, you know, once again, it's a window into people's CV. So if you're someone on there that's looking for a job and on the other hand, you're trashing everybody or you're trolling everybody, obviously you're not going to get a job. I think, you know, I do believe LinkedIn's quite effective in terms of... Um, you know, connecting people that are looking for jobs and new careers and stuff. Because I do know some people that have actually, you know, that have actually got jobs from LinkedIn. Right, right. Um, you know, not necessarily in hair industry, but certainly, um, you know, office, administration, whatever. Yeah, know, maybe, maybe it works in that sector. I don't, I don't think it works in the hair and beauty sector. I don't think it does. No, I mean, I think it does create a bit of engagement between people that have been in the industry for probably more than 10 to 15 years. Right. I don't think you're going to get any, any young people on there um, as such. You are going to get more professional bodies, more governing bodies, more product companies, you know, because LinkedIn really is for the business owner, really. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's for business owners um, as opposed to individuals, I suppose, in a way. Well, I, mean, I, it, it, know, uh, I could be wrong. All, all I'm sort of getting right is life coaches or sort of like some sort of quotes and this and that. I'll bugger off with it. It's, it's actually yeah, someone trying to sell. I mean, I'm got, I'm on your LinkedIn now, Joe, but all of your activity is about motorcycles. <laughs> well, I don't, I follow don't them, interest I'm, me at all. So well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Although those self-balancing, electric self-balancing skates look cool. They do look cool. They're Zoom. Is it called Zoom? Yeah, they look fantastic. Mm, interesting. Anyway, I'm sure our listeners really um, couldn't give a monkeys about this conversation so. anymore. Apart from, um, yeah, LinkedIn's not, not very, like, you can't engage very well on LinkedIn, you know, unless you're engaging with against these big 
these big accounts. I mean, if, if, um, if I want to, sell, if I want someone to say how wonderful I am, I suppose uh, I, I'll go on LinkedIn. Yes. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you must you must um, make a very miserable statement about <laughs> how your life is in the gutter in order to get that yeah. that kind of response. Oh, don't worry, Joe. You come up with you talented to blah blah blah. blah. Bunker off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so then, Joe. Um, All right, Aaron. We are half an hour in. What are you up to this week? What's going on? What's on the agenda? Um. Well, it's just the same myself. It's Groundhog Day, isn't it? Really. Uh, I, I I don't really saw like um, I'm too enthusiastic about a lot of things at the moment. Um, mm. I, 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 as you know, yeah, I sort of lost my father-in-law, so just have to, um, yeah, be really just, I don't know, yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, much the same. I've got lots of digital work going on. Um, my wife's just started a YouTube channel, and that's uh, which right. has been very well re- received. Um, if anyone um, wants to get makeup tutorials, my wife has been in the industry for 20 plus years. She's done all of the elite. Um, she's actually traveling to Qatar to do um, some big wedding in a couple of months time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the the YouTube channel. I mean, I'm helping her out with that, you know, yeah. um, all the technicals behind the scenes on that. But that's gone really well because she's linked her YouTube to a go salon. Okay. Um, and she's got quite a lot of traction already. Um, she actually made quite a lot of affiliate product sales through her go salon links that were put in the YouTube description. Um, so it just goes to show you another way that go salon can be used. Um, it can be look, used online to share links and for people to earn retail sales by recommending the products that they love to use. So um, I implore everyone to check that out. If you want to sign up to Go Salon, see what I'm banging on about, it's gosalon.uk. Uh, if you want to go and see Emma Miles' uh, YouTube channel, um, just type in Emma Miles Beauty and I'm sure it will come up at the top. Um, what else is going on? What else is going on? Um, I have... Yeah, I've got um, a few makeup artists that I'm Zoom calling with today because obviously they want to know a bit more about Go Salon, how it all works. You know, this is new technology that I'm trying to build for salons here, and I there's no right or wrong. You get a lot of traction just... there, don't you? That's well done, you. Fantastic. Well, we're getting there. I mean, you know, this it's taken two years to get to this stage. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. is by no means overnight success, but um, in a nutshell, I do need salons to be open. Um, to start, you know, exploring the virtues of how Go Salon can basically bring your business new revenue streams well, for take, zero risk. Take comfort in the fact that it took two years for the Hair and Beauty Council to get to change the sector. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, that, that's going to be really helpful, I'm sure, for the industry going forward. And on that note, Mr. Joe Memet. All right, Mr. Dawn. I think we should call it a day. And um, yeah, we should catch up again next week. All right, mate. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Um, On Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. But what do people have to type in? Uh, Salonomics. Salonomics, exactly. All right then, Joe. Well, for for the time being, I will speak to you very soon. Much love to Rex. Appreciate it, mate. Appreciate it. No worries. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Adios, mofo.